0: Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I've just put together episode 52 of the Lessons from Lost podcast. 52, one a week for a year, that's outstanding. Who are you talking to this week? A lovely chap called Dirk Plaz. And what's Dirk's story? Well he shares his journey to heal the relationship with his father after the death of his mother. That sounds very interesting. There's a porcupine feature this week. Do you get porcupines in the Netherlands? Not typically, I don't think probably not then let's find out more shall we hello and welcome to lessons from loss the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly what we learn from them that now positively guides our lives today i'm your host rachel smith and each episode i chat with a different guest I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of all my guests in sharing their very personal stories and also the impact that hearing these experiences may have on you, the listener. So please take care as you listen. So today I'm delighted to be chatting with Dirk Plaz, who lost his mum when he was just 18 and, like many people, didn't grieve until much later. He'd already lost connection with his dad and the circumstances dictated that they reconnected. He then went on his own healing journey with focus on honesty, relationships and sexuality, enabling him to get more out of his own life. So welcome along, Dirk.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me here.
0: Oh, very welcome. So thank you for coming on the podcast today to talk about your experiences of losing your mum as a, as a young adult, which must have been really hard. Um, but also, obviously, that you, you'd had a, a challenging relationship with your dad and that you'd lost connection with him. And, you know, the impact, I guess, of of both of those, um, you know, losing connection, both kind of physically with your mum, but also um, with your dad as well. So perhaps that's a good place to start, is talking about those relationships. How were they for you? What was it like for you as, as that young adult?
1: yeah oh, I have to say that the introduction brought me back to that time actually I can
0: um.
1: I can feel it in my body. yeah, going back to the relationship with my parents I as a kid, I always thought they were they were really good. you know as a kid I didn't I didn't know anything else that was the family I I grew up in and um yeah I, I was always we were always good um provided for like for uh, my parents, me and my sister. I one sibling you now we had everything we were, my father my, my dad had a good job my mother had a good job and we were we went on holiday three times a year i had a good school i had clothes on my my body i had my toys so it was always yeah i was always comfortable i thought i was happy at the time mm. uh, friends of mine had divorced parents and uh, had a, had hard relationships with 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 the parent that left home, usually the father in that time, um, and I was always quite happy that I had both my parents, and uh, and yeah, so I didn't I didn't really really notice the, um, the kind of struggle my system as a child had with the with my parents, you know. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't that self aware back then. A boy having his having his childhood,
0: yeah. yeah. You have a narrower reference of other people's experiences to to judge that on as well. I mean, you're you know the way that you were brought up was probably the way that you thought most people were, and wouldn't have thought anything yeah, else
1: exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I remember that because both my parents were. My my father worked on a, on a on a gas rig, so he was home for a week, and then he was away for a week. Right. So every other week he was away for a week. And my mother uh, worked with um, uh, demented elderly people so she yeah she was during the day she was uh, she was working in uh, uh, in this care home so we were brought up as quite independent children you know uh we got the color key key children in Holland. Yeah. we had we had our own key and yeah from school I had to go home make my own lunch and go back to school. You know, from from I think from ten years old already. Um, so yeah, that was the way that was the way I brought up, and I yeah indeed what you say I thought it was normal you know normal to be brought up like that. Um, and if I if I look in retrospect to the to the relationships I had with my uh, my mom and dad, it's uh, I think what my what I missed as a child was touch was care. Uh, not care, sorry, touch, but uh, like being held or a hug, yeah. or even the words "I love you" was was like a foreign, was like a foreign language in our house. It it wasn't there, you know. That kind of affection wasn't shown between my parents and me, but also not between my parents that much. So also there, I didn't know any better, you know. I didn't yeah. between my parents. So yeah, who was I?
0: And was that the same then? Presumably between you and your sister.
1: Um Yeah, yeah, we were quite distant. We were more like friends in the house than than uh, cuddling siblings. Yeah, mm. yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, there was a lot of tension between my sister is five years older and is a complete different personality as as that I had. So we, yeah, we had a lot of struggles, fights, and I also that, thought that that was normal between siblings. Yeah. But yeah, there wasn't that much affection between us now in the house uh, altogether.
0: When did you then sort of notice that that, that was something that was missing from your life?
1: Um, I think, well, I think that was decades later, mm. you know, when I started to explore um, my own life and how I, how I was in life and why... For example sexuality was so important for me why touch was so important in a relationship for me and sometimes i i wanted i wanted a little bit too much uh, in relationships so it was a yeah you call it a bit needy um and there was no awareness on that until i started to work on myself and started to look at that like ah yeah where, where are my boundaries where how do i recognize or why don't i recognize boundaries with other people um yeah, yeah, there was a lot of lot of need for touch somehow. Yes. But also a difficulty to, to give touch. The the strange thing about it, you know. Mm.
0: But I guess if you've not been in receipt of it, mm. then you haven't learned or been comfortable then with how to how to give touch as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So obviously when you became a young adult then, that was then when things got more challenging than for you with your parents, I mean, or certainly with your dad.
1: Yeah, in the beginning, um, yeah, I lost connection with my dad. That was a year before my mom got ill, um, and that was because my mom and dad were were going through a divorce. Um, yeah, that, that was the time that it began. Well, actually, six years before that time, that was the first time they tried to divorce. And that was the first time, actually, where I got uh, a sense of the tension between them and the fact that they they weren't happy together. I was twelve years old, and my father and mother. I remember it. I remember it like it like it was, like the day of yesterday, where I was sitting on the couch, uh, and my my father was sitting in the in the big chair, my mother was sitting on the right of me. There was no no touch. There was a little bit of distance there, and my sister was uh, was sitting on a. Uh, On um, a dining chair, which was pulled over, and they were announcing that they were going to divorce. Um, and that was the first time I I saw my father cry. Well, I saw a tear running around, yeah. running down his cheek, and never saw that saw that before. So so that made me realize how how difficult the situation was, and I couldn't really really connect to it. But I was like, whoa. Um, so they announced the divorce, and then somehow they came to a to a kind of a solution. So basically, what happened instead of the divorce, we moved houses. We uh, we left the city we lived there, we lived in, and we went to a little village. And basically, they started all over again. And they seemed to be very happy together. You know, they built this house together, and, and everything seemed seemed to be back back as normal for me um, until yeah six years down the road. Where kind of the same thing happened again. They announced uh, the divorce, or actually, my mom announced the divorce because my father wasn't wasn't there. And that's also the time when my father left the house, um, and where I lost connection with my dad. Mm-hmm. And that that disconnect was reinforced by the negative emotion I got from my mom, you know, about my dad. Like he yes. was the traitor in this, and um, he, he did bad things, and even. Yeah, the things he did was was told yeah told to me um so i, I built up a lot of internal anger towards my dad uh yeah and and didn't didn't feel at all the longing to connect to him but there was kind of a loyalty towards my mother also there
0: was that how being sort of taken from the city at that age when you're really just sort of starting to form friendships and and living out in the in a rural area
1: yeah yeah luckily the the, the town wasn't that far from the same from the same city and um, so i did see uh, my classmates um but yeah the friends the lo- the local friends i i lost connection with um yeah so i had to, I had to start kind of a new a new life and I was uh, at the time when we moved. I was seventeen. Um, yeah, so I just started a new school, also. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a yeah, it was a bit hard because it, a small city didn't have that man that many people from my age. Um, so yeah, it was a completely different lifestyle. And I was I remember I was more at home because before that I yeah we were always outside. I had my local yeah local friends in the neighborhood. We were always outside after dinner and during the weekends. And, and that kind of kind of stopped when we moved to that um to that village. And I remember I I spent more time inside, more time in front of the television, um, more time in books. I was a real bookworm back then. Um, so yeah, yeah, it got a bit more, my life got a bit more introverted well like I said when when we moved it seemed that my 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 parents got really happy with we together and, and stuff like that but after during these six years that that dissipated somehow you know they got they got there was more tension in the house there was more irritation in the house and it was really uh yeah for me it was really tangible almost mm. and um yeah because I spent more time with in the house and more time with my especially with my mother. Yeah, the the um, the negative the negative emotions from my mother was also more. Yeah, I could I could feel them all the time. You know, the, yeah, I could feel her worry. I could feel her. She was quite depressed, so I could feel her depression all the time. Um And when my father came home, yeah, it, it was always nice to see him again. But then also the tension came with that and also that i didn't understand at the time i mean i was 17 years old just kind of discovering my own life uh, but in the re- in retrospect i i see what was going on between them you know there was yeah they were just unhappy together and staying staying together and trying to make this work uh, yeah because of the children because of me actually my sister left the house uh, 2 years after we moved so she left the house quite quite young she was 16, I think, or, seven, or sorry, 17, when she left the house. Uh, so I was the only one in the house.
0: Which actually then quite a lot to deal with on your own as well then, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, especially when when my my dad was offshore and I was alone with my mother in the house. I could, and that's also in retrospect, I could understand uh, what, what happened to me is that Um, I kind of took my father's place back at the time, and that already started before we moved to that village. You know, as a as a younger boy, because my father worked on this platform all the time. When he was home, he was actually emotionally emotionally absent. You know, he uh, he saw a lot of uh, uh, distraction out outside outside of the house, outside of the family, and my mother was quite frustrated about that. Um, But she kind of or i let her put me in the place of my dad emotionally or energetically so i got a lot of yeah stress she experienced in the in in the marriage i yeah i got i received that from my mom and i tried i tried to take care of her in a way you know like like make her feel good or be with her or be available for her to to talk which as a as a kid um yeah, it was was really hard, you know, because I also had my friends and it was it was a bit bit confusing. Yeah. And 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 later on. Um yeah, I remember when I before before she died, the, the year that we that we spent with the two of us in that house when my father was gone, um, that it became really obvious that I was the man in the house, you know. And um, and I took that. Yeah, I took also this responsibility upon me somehow. Like making my mom feel good. My mom was going through a divorce. My mom was uh, working at the same time. Yeah, so there was... Yeah, I was kind of carrying that also for her. And at the same time, I was trying to do my school. I had my exams and, you know, coming up. And and yeah, it was just a lot. And I, mm. I was able to carry it. You know, I was able to do this somehow. And I didn't do it right. So there was also a little frustration that I that I wasn't able to be her perfect partner somehow. Which was really weird to say. You know, I was her son. I'm the little one and she's my mom, you know. But yeah, I understand that a lot of the frustration I carried back then was because of this, that I, I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to make my, my mom feel good in this situation. Mm. It was a lot of hurt there.
0: How could you have known?
1: I couldn't. No.
0: You, know, you should have just been being a, you know, a seventeen-year-old <laughs> exploring, yeah. as you say, your own world at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, exploring the world. But there was also a little bit of fear because I, yeah, my 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 dad wasn't there, so I didn't have the two hands in my back. Okay, you explore the world, and it's safe to come home if you, uh, yeah, if it doesn't work out or if something happens. So I was also a little bit, care- a little bit careful there by going out. I mean, my mom was the only one that I could come back to. So, yeah, she had to be good. She had to feel good. She had to be happy somehow.
0: So was it very difficult to reconnect with your dad after your mum had passed away?
1: Yeah. Yeah, emotionally especially. Um, what happened was my... Me and my mom lived lived together with the two of us for a year when my father left. And after a year, she got sick. So she had a, a tumor in her intestines. And um, um it took about three months before she died. So she was she was sick for three months. And in that three months, one of her focuses was me reconnecting with my dad because she knew that I didn't have any money. I was, uh, I was, uh, um, um, I was at the time when she was sick, I was 18 years old. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to finish my school. I wanted to do a second education or a, a follow-up education for four, uh, for four years. So yeah, for her, it was really important that I reconnected to my dad to make sure that I had a future. So there was, there was a lot of talk around that, like how, how we, how are we going to reconnect to that? You know, she was really angry with my dad. So there was this, uh, it was almost inconsistent. You know? There was a lot of anger towards my dad. She shared that with me all the time. Uh, it was even, I don't want to have him on my funeral. I I don't want to have him here. He, yeah, He's not welcome in my life. And on the other side, she said, you have to connect to your dad because that's really important. And he's always your dad and you need to love him. Mm-hmm. And so there was there was even more confusion there. Like, uh, yeah, but I need to be loyal to you. Yes. That's, that's what my system said. I need to be loyal to you. So how can I reconnect to my dad? I don't know. I didn't know how to do that. And I remember I went, I went to the cinema once with my friend, and dad, my dad was sitting at the bar in the same cinema, and that was a year after I, I last saw him. And I, I just didn't know how to how to respond to that. I didn't know how to react to him, and. I think we shared we shared a couple of words, and I went to the movie, and I couldn't even I couldn't even connect to the emotional impact of it, of me seeing my dad alone in the cinema. Um, yeah, so the whole whole emotional connection with my dad was gone. I always admired him for everything, and that whole whole admiration was gone. He wasn't my example anymore. He wasn't my yeah. So I found it really, really hard to to reconnect. And then I um I went close to the end of my of my current study. So we had to do practical training. And that was already arranged that I would do that in my father's company. He worked for an oil company called mm. ELF at the time. And I worked on a different plant in Holland. So I did the practical training. And my dad knew that I, I worked there. And he even got me some consultation on site you know he sent a consultant to me to talk to me about my emotional stuff and i was so so angry that he did that just to, to send a stranger to me and not even have the have the guts to call himself that was my anger saying my anger speaking right i couldn't even see the the good intention he had and that. Yeah. it was like oh man i was so angry when my mom had this focus on on re- me reconnecting with my dad i decided to um because i yeah in a way i saw how important that was for her so i decided to move locations and and finish the practical training on my on the platform my father worked so i had the opportunity to go offshore it was offered to me also um, so that was actually the first time I reconnected to my dad, who was on, on the site he worked, on the on the gas rig he worked. So I remember going out with the helicopter and being really, um, really nervous, again, for the first time and speaking to him for the first time and being with him for a week, 24-7. And that's also where I started to learn that a lot of the anger wasn't mine. Because I remember I, I got off the helicopter and my father was waiting there for me I can still remember seeing this twinkle in his eyes somehow. like oh my son is here. And there was some denial there I think from my side, like like some teenage stubbornness or something yeah. I I kind of acted angry, but actually what I want to do is run to him. yeah and, and that that week, that week I could see a I could see more of my dad so I could slowly see beyond my anger towards him. And I could actually, yeah, I could actually see, yeah, my dad again, a little bit. Yeah, being with him twenty-four-seven, he uh, arranged all kinds of little trips to small platforms. You know, he knew I I loved to 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 ride the helicopter, and so he made sure that I could come come out with all the all the engineers to the to the small uh, wells and stuff. Um, yeah, so he did a lot, and I. I remember on that platform I called my mom in the morning and in the afternoon. So I talked to her how she was. Yeah, so there was there was a slowly a connection growing with them both. And that was that was the whole week. And when I got home, yeah, I could sit with my mom and tell about the and tell about the stories on the platform. And not so much about my dad, because yeah, that was the loyalty towards my mom. I can't tell her that. Yeah, that I felt kind of a, an affection for my dad, or a love, or no. I, I I kept that from her when mm. I was home.
0: Did you also then begin to get a sense of loyalty towards your dad then at that point?
1: Yeah, and that that made it really difficult because my mum was closing uh, closer and closer to the end, mm. and we knew we knew that it, that it wouldn't take that long anymore and we celebrated my mom's 50th birthday in that week where i was home yeah and 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 i had to withhold all the connection i had with my dad but she also made sure and she wrote a letter to everybody to thank to thank everybody for her wonderful life and she had to make sure that my dad didn't get that letter so she made us she made sure to us that we didn't give that letter to my dad and also the invitation to a funeral we couldn't give that to my dad mm. um yeah we had to promise her that that we she made some changes in the will that we would execute that um so there was a lot of it was almost like my dad was sanctioned and she was she, she made us promise that we we, we upheld upheld those sanctions gosh that must have been really tough yeah it was and and that was the, the loyalty towards my mom there was a lot of loyalty. Like, okay, my mom is dying, so we have to make these promises. You know, um, so it was really important for her that we did that.
0: Have you ever been able to speak to your dad about that period and about how that was for him?
1: Yeah, but that that was also decades later. That's that's well, I think that's ten years ago. The first time we spoke about that. Yeah, and that was actually when I went through my personal development. You know, I reflected a lot on my relationship with my dad. And, and basically part of that training I did back then was taking responsibility for my actions. Um, but also for, yeah, for my, uh, for my part in a relationship. And I did that towards my dad. I was really looking at who was I? What kind of son was I to my dad in that year? um and there was a lot of sadness there and a lot of regret and uh yeah and pain also. Like, oh, and I, I kept him in I kept him in this in this picture of being the perpetrator. So from that picture, I responded in a certain way. I mm. I I always kept this distance towards him, this anger towards him. And I wanted to take responsibility for that, but I also wanted to, yeah, to apologize for that towards my dad. And I remember doing that 10 years ago. I went, I went to him and and I started to speak about that. Like, and I, I, I remember the conversation. I was sitting with my dad, and he was already a little bit like, oh, what's this gonna be? You know, and I, I started about the relationship we had, or about that year that we didn't have connection and yeah, the pain I felt back then of missing him and not him not being there, and the anger I felt in myself. And when i said that he he started to go into this defense like yeah but you and your mom and and i said no no hold on hold on let's take a step back because it's not about me blaming you this is not about me blaming you and i started this conversation again really slow and and i really could tell him i'm i'm really sorry for not being able to be a different son for you at that time and i'm i'm sorry for for the for the anger to dominate my behavior towards you um and no matter who you were in that situation this is my this was my part of it and i really want to take responsibility for that and that kind of um yeah that had, had an impact in him that he couldn't really understand what what happened but i saw him like soften and then he opened up and that was the first time he talked totally that he spoke about that. He opened up about uh, about how lonely you was?
0: Crikey, it's it's making me feel quite emotional and it's <laughs> it's not my uh, not my relationships. It's yeah, I mean crikey, that's that's a really massive thing to have done, to have been able to have instigated that that conversation and to have, you know, as part of your journey to have been able to to reflect back and and see the part that you that you played in it
1: yeah and it was it was so beautiful that he he could receive that now he could receive my apology and and open up and and talk about his loneliness in that year and talk Mm -hmm. about his inability to uh, to reach out yeah he told me that he was in a in a little hotel room and when he couldn't and when he had to get out there, he he went to kind of a like a little holiday home in the middle of winter. It was really cold and damp, and and he said, "Yeah, I spent Christmas on my own in this damp little, little room, and I felt so lonely. There was such a big longing to connect to you guys, but I wasn't allowed to come in the house, and I wasn't allowed to connect." Yeah, his emotions came up after after thirty years or something. You know, it was ten years ago. So yeah, it was forty. You know, yeah, after after about well after about 20 23 years he started to open up about about his emotions and uh, yeah that was really valuable and that changed a lot in our in our relationship
0: i can imagine so i mean how powerful to be able to sit and have a you know such a, an honest conversation without blame being placed on anyone you know as you said you were your father initially sort of came with the, the yeah, but, you know, and that's, that so often happens, doesn't it? When you, when you're having conversations with somebody about your relationship yeah. with them.
1: I remember leaving, leaving that conversation. You know, it, uh, at a certain point, it became a little bit much for my dad, all the emotions. And so I, I, I decided to keep it there and, and, and leave. And I, at the door, I, I gave him a hug, which is not normal for my, my dad. It was like, oh, and he was very, very distant, like a little bit stiff. You now gave me a couple of taps on my back. I said, and I said, I told him, I said, I love you for the first time. I went to my dad, I really felt it. And I said, I love you. And what he said was, oh, that's, that's how it's supposed to be, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was
1: like, <laughs> I could only hear, I could only translate it into my, into my head. Like, okay. Yeah. I love you too, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's just not not able to say that. And still he isn't. You know, he has mm-hmm. never said that to, to me or to yeah, you know, to my sister. But uh, but yeah, that was the first the first physical affection I I had since uh, yeah since he left the house actually when I was 17. Gosh, for 30
0: odd years. To touch, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah yeah and since then it didn't it didn't completely repair our relationship but at least i could see the person behind behind my image i had of him mm-hmm. you know and i started to i started to connect to the person you know and i could feel it was almost like this armor his armor broke um yeah uh, showed some 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 deep rips and some deep cracks and i could see more and more the person behind it with with all his pain all his inability to connect, inability to, to really make friends, to um yeah I could I could feel the loneliness of my dad and and the pain throughout his yeah throughout his life um what came out out of not being able to to, to connect was just such a problem to connect to and there is such a longing for connection in my dad
0: although he is still unable to say "I love you" to you. Have you noticed changes in your dad since then?
1: Yeah, a lot. Yeah. When I first came to him with this with this story, we actually continued that story uh, or that that conversation about two weeks later when we met up in his place of birth in Harlem in Holland. Um, we had the same kind of conversation, which was a little bit easier because now he kind of knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And he showed me, yeah, the town with the little secret gardens and everything. So it was a really beautiful day that day. And that's also where, where it started to shift a little bit, uh, the, the relationship between us. Because if we go back to when my mom passed away and when the funeral was, after that I had to live with my dad, right? So my dad actually came into the house where, which he left and so we had 2 weeks to clean up the whole stuff to to clean up all my mom's stuff and then he came in into the house and my dad and I didn't have a relationship back then we lived in the same house i was uh, i was 18 i was kind of dependent on him uh, financially but we have we had more of a financial agreement than a relationship a father son relationship so i was i was allowed to live in his house and I, and he paid for my school and he paid for my uh, for my food And apart from that, yeah, I was allowed to live there, you know, and there was no obligation. And it was, it was, it was quite cold, but my, also for my dad was a a lot of anger and it was initially towards us because yeah, we, we were so loyal to my mom, you know, and he, he was like, yeah, I could have, I could have given you a good future. You know, you didn't have to promise this to your mom, but yeah, there was just a lot of anger and that anger was there all the time. And it was all the time. I felt this, you know. The, there was this tension between us all the time. When when he was home, and when he was away, I was alone in the house and trying to grieve about my mum, but I couldn't actually I know how to do that, and especially not on my own. So yeah. yeah, that was a really difficult time when we when we lived together.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, grieving is is hard enough to navigate your way through anyway, but without that situation where when your dad's at home you would perhaps feel like like you couldn't or certainly not breathe openly during no. that time.
1: I couldn't talk um, about my mom. And when he was away, yeah, there was nobody to talk to. And my sister, my sister and I didn't have a really good connection at the time. But yeah, that went that went on about one and a half years. And then I left the house. And I I I, I lived on my own. And that's actually where it got a little bit worse. Because yeah, the only thing what, what was between my dad and I is that he paid for my college and he paid for my uh, for my rent and apart from that yeah I did little jobs and stuff like that to, to 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 earn my food together um so there was always this distant relationship and that has been going on for for the the whole 23 years you know a lot of yeah a lot of it was just a weird relationship it was cold it was it was a bit gray it was it was not really a lot of warmth until i started to yeah started to work on myself
0: yeah and uh, at, at what point did you decide or did you start to do that
1: there was two times um, one in 2000 in yeah one in the year 2000 and one time in the year 2009 where i got in a really dark uh, period of my life and both it was after a, after a breakup with a girlfriend, and it was almost it was not about the breakup. It was more about the trigger seemed too much. I was bearing a lot of stuff in me, you know, and I never really grieved. So it was all packed away, and it was like this little 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 time bomb or pressure pressure vessel. And a breakup had had quite an impact, especially a, a sudden breakup. And that kind of opened up this vessel. And the first time, I didn't really understand what happened. It was just so much grief around this breakup. And I was like, yeah, I was a bit overwhelmed by that. And when it happened nine years later, the same kind of situation happened. A sudden breakup. And again, there's so much emotion. I started to look for help. So first I went to a psychologist. And he actually gave a lot of clarity that it's not about the breakup. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of course, the breakup is sad. But it is these... All these um, these unprocessed, yeah, that unprocessed grief and sadness and frustration and anger, it was all built up in me.
0: Yeah, of everything that had gone before that point. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I, um, well, I had a, a few sessions with this, with this psychologist and then I started to do a, a training, which was a more, yeah, a little bit more spiritual oriented. But it was really a training, it, it was called the opening. It was really a training to to look at yourself and what's what's actually inside you, what's, what's present, and to open that up and to see yeah, what needs to be what needs to be processed. And that weekend just told me so much about myself, about what was going on in me and what was actually, yeah, what was actually going on in my life and in my younger life. And um, so that's where my yeah, my path started and that's yeah that was so the end of 2009 so that's almost 14 years ago yeah and that's also the so the conversation with my dad was actually 13 years ago because it was a year into that in that training oh
0: so it was a result of that training that you <laughs>
1: yeah
0: that first conversation with your dad
1: yeah yeah now you asked how did how did um, the relationship change uh with my i think that was the question uh, how did the relationship with my dad, or did my, what shifted in my dad? Mm. Um, and I think that that had to do with I I did a lot of personal development, so just I opened up and I owned more of my stuff instead of pointing to him. And for him, that that kind of it almost was like it was inspiring to him. You know where I went through and. I remember remarks like I, I told a little bit about um, about one of my patterns is to ask for help. You know, it's really difficult to ask for help. I think many men have that same pattern. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. we have to do everything alone. We have to be strong. We have to. Uh... So I uh, I had a whole process around that, and I I actually told my dad's partner on the boat. I told her about about this pattern and. Uh, yeah, it's really hard for me if people if people help me, I find it really hard to accept it and to, to not take control of what they do. And and um, so yeah, um, there is a fear in me that I chase people away and that I end up alone. There was a, a deep-rooted fear in me. And my my, my dad was listening, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't even interfere, he wasn't in the conversation, and suddenly he said, Oh wow, it's it's so beautiful that you see that. Because I'm 73. So that's when he said that, that was 10 years ago. I'm 73. I don't know how to change that. But I recognize completely what you say. And I look at me, I'm alone. And I really hope that you end up differently. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that this this insight you have, that that will change that pattern. You know, so there it was, it was like so much self-reflection in there and so much. So yeah, that that, that also made me Made me realize that he was inspired, and indeed that he was uh, thinking about how he lives his lives his life, and um, yeah, and there was longing in him, you know, to change.
0: But yeah,
1: yeah older, it's just more difficult. You know? um, so that slowly, I saw him opening up, and s- slowly, I saw him see, uh, revealing more of himself, revealing more of his patterns of his past. You know, and I heard more stories about he, him, and his father. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, his difficulties with his father. His, yeah, his father was a whaler. You know, so he went to the Arctic for like six, seven months.
0: Mm.
1: Then, when he came back, he, he first went to his friends instead of, yeah, picking up my dad and say, okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, you really start to we- see, you know, how those patterns then are formed and. passed down through through generations
1: yeah yeah and part of my part of my work was a lot of man's work um i i participated in a a man's training a four years man's training i did that twice actually with different different intentions and -hmm. after that i started to uh, to lead the team in that training but part of that training was was looking at the father son relationship part of that was also owning what I received from my dad and not in a negative sense, but in a positive sense, you know, owning that I have, I have patterns which I didn't like of my dad and I have his qualities. I have qualities that I, I love from my dad and really, really owning that. So, and in the end, like like to say, almost like I am my dad and so much more, you know, we, we receive this package we get from my father, from my father or another caretaker we get this package and we we build on that package. And that package, yeah, I, I got his patterns and I got his defense and I got his, his way of survival. That's my way of survival. Yeah. And, uh, and that made me love him even more. So I really started to develop a love for, for my dad.
0: And I guess then also within that, then a far deeper understanding of who you are and how you tick. If you
1: like. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And an understanding of how, how our dynamic dynamic was when we were when I was a kid, you know, between us, where we clashed and where we missed each other, you know, frequently on yeah, where we were in different frequencies. And, um, yeah, and then there there came a period, and that's that's about six years ago, where my dad got in a very difficult situation. My dad and my current partner, my current partner didn't really understand why my dad and I didn't didn't connect to each other that often. No, I didn't see my father that much. And uh, and she was quite angry about that. And she reflected that every time I was there, she, she brought that anger, she expressed that anger. She went, yeah, you should take care of your father. You should be here more. You should be, yeah, you should love him. You should. There was a lot of you should. And my dad and I had yeah didn't have that much problem with our frequency of seeing each mm-hmm. other but she had a bit of a, a big problem with that yeah. and i think that had a lot of impact on my dad somehow because there was a moment where he said okay i um where i offered to come to his birthday and he said oh no no we're uh, we're um, we're uh, preparing for the holiday next week i said well if you will come back from the holiday um let me know and i'll come by he said "Ah, oh, no no and i don't have to see you again for a uh, for now, I don't have the long to see you again. And that came like a like a, a thunder from a from a clear heaven, like we say in Holland. I, I couldn't really understand what happened. And after that, I, I told him, like, okay, I leave the ball in your court. And if you wanna if you wanna connect, I'm here. Right. And it took him over two years. And he called me on a Sunday morning, I remember. I was having breakfast with my girlfriend back then. And he he called me up and he said, Yeah, it's your dad. We haven't spoken for that for that long. And I I was wondering how you're doing. You know, like nothing happened. Yeah. we haven't hadn't spoken for more than two years. But there was so much lightness in his voice and so much all the heaviness from before was gone almost. And I uh and I was I was completely flabbergasted by that telephone call. You know, I was like nothing. Almost like nothing happened in the in the last two and a half years. he just picked up the thread where where he cut it mm. years ago, but without all the heaviness and without all the emotion and the anger and the frustration and I still up today up till today I still don't know what happened in those two and a half years. He doesn't want to talk about that he doesn't open up about that, but something processed in him yeah. because after that two and a half years and that's the, the last yeah four years, four or five years there's so much openness and so much uh, uh lightness in his yeah in us being together and that's actually where the relation really picked up so he needed some kind of a process and he needed this time and he also needed me to back off and not to try to connect and not to try to make him talk or make him open up so yeah, it was for me. It was a good choice to leave the ball in his court and, and, yeah. and process on his own time. And then he just he just came back. And since he's back, you know, it's like yeah, we have this wonderful relationship together. I can see that he's that he's proud of what I'm doing, and you know, and it's also um, I always wanted that proud. And since I let him let that go, like I don't need that pride anymore from him. He brings it. He brings it. And it's like, yeah, it's this beautiful, uh, beautiful relationship. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. You know that that. I mean, he's 83, so I don't know how long he has left, but mm. that the last part of his life is is us having a good relationship. Yeah, I'm really, really happy
0: about that. To have got from that stage where you were at, where it really was, really no relationship, to to where you are now, and just that. Yeah. You know, the the honesty and love that you can share with each other, even if they're not necessarily expressed in those words of I love you from him. But it's able to understand that his love for you and, it, and it's not, it's just expressed in a different way.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, it's expressed every time I'm there, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's a little bit in his style. I learned to learn his, I learned to understand his love language and that I can also put back on when I was a kid. Like his love language is, is like making sure I'm okay. Making sure I have everything. Making sure I can, I can yeah, I can give myself what I need. And that was as a kid, you know, that was what he was always working for. His family had had what they needed to have. You know, like I said, the holidays, the clothes, the we had good food, we had a good house, we had a good car and he had, yeah, he worked and he always learned, you know, he always uh, took courses to 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 climb a little bit in his career to make a little bit more money so he, he could give more because he was always giving. And that's, and back then I, I didn't feel the love in the giving, you know, it was more materialistic things, but I wanted to have a hug yeah. or I needed a hug back then. But now I can more and more find the love in this. Like when, when COVID just started, you know, I'm a I'm a, a body-oriented therapist and I cook for retreats and both those those all my work was gone within four hours when when they announced the lockdown and I didn't know what to do you know I had no job I had no income I had hardly any savings and two days later my father calls me I said he said well I, I heard in the news that, that England is going into lockdown do you have enough money do you have enough you know can you can you come by? And he sent me money, you know. He has a little pension, but he sent me yeah enough money to to get to get around for the for the next yeah. couple, of, couple of months, and then we see further. We'll see further, you know things like that. That he just calls out of the blue, how it how I am doing. It's like ah oh man, this is something I, I never experienced with him, mm. you know before. Um, yeah, so there is so much, and that's actually where his love where he expresses his love to make sure that yeah i'm doing well and my sister is doing well and yeah he, he knows how to express that with giving something or giving money or or yeah
0: it's so he, important he, isn't it in,
1: language. yeah,
0: yeah in so. relationships to to have an appreciation of the different ways in which people can express love and and also in which they receive it as well. And I just wonder whether if if a lot of angst that exists in relationships is just because people do love each other, but they are expressing and wanting to receive love in just a different format to what their partner does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
1: that's also what I learned over the years in relationship. You know, to uh, uh, one of the most important things is to understand each other's love language.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's that's in relationship with parents, but also in relationship with partners, friends. You know, what is your love language? Is it touch? Is it yeah? And since I I know my father's, I can I can just see, I see I see the love pouring out of him, almost when I'm around him. Also towards his partner, you know, I've, I have see so much patience and love towards his partner, which is, I mean, that man is a, an, an endless source of, of, of love and patience. Unbelievable. And I couldn't see that, I, I just couldn't see it 20 years ago. I completely lost the sight of that.
0: Have you been able to reflect back and see perhaps what your mum's language of love was?
1: Well, that's a good question. I never
0: thought of that, you know.
1: Yeah, to take a couple of seconds to uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Back to that. If that's perhaps just a question you would like to take away and reflect on, then <laughs> then, uh, then please do because I appreciate I have really put you on the spot there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 quite hard to uh yeah, yeah, it's I, I, I I'll take away.
0: Yeah, <laughs> take yeah. Away. To Sorry, I, didn't, on. I didn't mean for this to uh, to go no, into I, a I really uh, value, therapy ses- a session.
1: <laughs> I really value the question, actually. Yeah.
0: The things that you have then learned because you, um, I understand you, you work all the training that you've done in men's work. You now do that men's work yourself, as in terms of working with men exploring themselves and their relationships
1: yeah yeah i well in holland i started to do um, uh, life coaching except mm-hmm. um, not exclusively for men but mainly i was focusing on on men um, i worked for a big coaching company in holland and we did we did coaching for employees of like universities and uh, national companies like big okay. and i always got the man because nobody wanted the men. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like to work with men um, so yeah the, the men were always referred to me so that's when I started to do a lot of men's, men's coaching and uh, yeah, how men are in relationship with their wife and it was because the, the, the problems at work actually always, almost always started with having a bad foundation at home Like mm-hmm. right? people are stressed at home, can't really recharge so they actually burn out in work or they they throw themselves fully into work just to forget about the problems at home. Um, So even though it was always coaching around work, it ended up coaching around either me at home or the the, the man at home or the man in relationship or with his children, like um, not being able to be present for the children or stuff like that. So I did a lot of work like that, and I did this men's training that was every year was four days it was a we called an initiation of being a man and it was a really beautiful process where we took 25 men through a process of femininity masculinity a father relationship mother relationship and then in the end towards a vision like what kind of man do I want to be in life what kind of man do I want to be for my children and that was always really amazing at the end where the man expressed their vision yeah. and asked for, for um, accountability from from the other men.
0: Oh wow that sounds that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah that was really amazing.
0: Mm. Do you still do that now?
1: No but I I want to set that up in 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 the UK. I'm working on this similar kind of training uh for men. A similar kind of retreat. Um yeah so that's going to that's that's definitely going to happen in the future. Oh,
0: fantastic. Well do keep me posted when that does. I mean I can, yeah it's it's something I think that is so necessary and and certainly lots you know there's lots of similar sort of things happening for women but really not so many for men and it's you know it's needed for all of us isn't it and but it is lacking very much much for men so that's fantastic that you're going to be um venturing or bringing that style retreat to the uk
1: yeah true true and with therapy I, i work a lot with men that's also one of the reasons why I chose body oriented therapy. Yeah, that's also where I discovered my 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 um the training I did myself was quite body oriented. And I am I'm a very heady person. Um well I used to be a very heady person. You know, I my body was just a transportation system to bring yeah. my A to B. That's how I saw it. And it was uh, annoying when it hurt and it was uh, yeah, annoying when I was sick and stuff like that so i didn't really listen to my body i didn't really understand it so my training was a lot around the body around lean, uh, learning to listen again to what the body had to say like the body gives our limitations the body gives our alarm signals when when we do too much or when we uh, when we uh, reach our boundaries or stuff like that when we have when we are angry you know it's just information it's all information and for me learning to listen to my body more and more yeah, that changed my life completely. It flipped my life completely. Um, and that's also why I chose to do, after my coaching training, which was three years in Holland, uh, I became an integral coach. And after that, I decided to uh, to uh, broaden my, yeah, my skills by doing a, a body psychotherapy training based on core energetics, which is a marriage between bioenergetics and path work. So it has a, a also a spiritual angle. And uh, that's where I practice in for the last four years now. Um, and it's basically... Um, we work with body and mind, right? Conventional therapy is, is a lot about talking about your problems, talking about your past, talking about your trauma. But we actually go into the emotions around that trauma or the emotions around... We work a lot with energy. Like, um, yeah, we have a lot of energy blocks in our body. You know, mm-hmm. as a defense. You know, some people, yeah, have have a difficulty to express emotions or even to use their voice. Well, that's a big block in the throat or in the jaws often. It, of it. Or some people have a, a difficulty with sexuality. You know, a, a lot of my background is around sexuality. Most of my uh, my trainings were around sexuality and intimacy and that that is the major block in like the the, the second chakra area you know it's, and and a lot of men that have issues at work or issues in the relationship the first thing they do is they they shut off from from uh sexual energy so the whole pelvis area gets numb they don't feel it anymore they don't initiate anymore um but that's also where your life energy is coming from you know that's also our motor in life so when i block off my sexual energy yeah I, I don't have this energy to live anymore. I don't have the energy to create, to go forward, to, to pick up stuff, to do stuff, Yet yeah, to motivate myself, to move. So that's where I work a lot in, in, in my sessions to, to, get the, to get those blocks, uh, to open up those blocks. And we do that with charging and discharging of energy. We move in the sessions a lot. Uh, we express. <clears throat> we also go into like if a trauma is triggered, we go into the, the 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 real somatic experience of that of that trauma. Like what what does it actually feel like, and where is it in your body? Mm-hmm. What does your body want to do with this? You know, how old are you when you're there? And really into the feelings of that, and then try to express it. And it's usually it's usually a younger energy when we're in a defense, right? It's usually yeah we get to this teenage grumpiness or the the frustration of a teenager or of a little boy that wants that just wants um and we try with our adult we try to give that little little man or woman a voice because it doesn't have a voice when it was that age so we had to shut up or we had to smile or we had to had to be quiet or we had to be normal
0: You have to be a good girl or a good boy. Yeah, you have to be a good
1: girl. You have to be a good boy. You can't be that angry. You can't shout that much. Mm. So the 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 little part of us doesn't have doesn't have a big voice anymore. It didn't know how to express that. So we have an adult part of us that can help that little part. That can help that young part to get a voice. And that's that's a big part of my work, you know. To yeah to be able to um, to make different choices from that part. And to yeah to unblock, basically unblock the energy blocks we have in our body, and to uh, to get all our energy fully available. And the way I bring it is, we have this masculine and feminine quality in ourselves. We have all these qualities, which are yeah masculine and feminine qualities. And if we open up those energy blocks, yeah, we also open up um, open up the um, what do you call it the availability of. Of the masculine and the feminine qualities, and we can just bring this, what I call heartfelt lead, personal leadership or heartfelt leadership in work and in in our lives. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, that sounds beautiful work that you that you do, Dirk. I you've clearly learned. A huge amount, sort of on your on your own journey, and and probably with with working with all the the people, the men that you have worked with. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been, you know, from the, I guess the the loss of the relationship, and we've concentrated sort of primarily of the, you know, that loss of the relationship with your father. What would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've that you've learned from that experience? I
1: think the main thing with the relationship with my father is if if i deny parts of my father if i disconnect from my dad i disconnect from parts of myself right so with 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 this unhealthy relationship with my father i can't show up in the world mm-hmm. as i am i can't fully show up because parts of him are parts of me so if i judge parts of my father i judge parts of me and since i i've cleaned up this relationship with my dad I can fully show up in relationships. I can fully show up in my vulnerability. I can fully show up in my power, and I can fully show up in my sexuality. Because those were also stuff I, I judged. Well, actually, I took my mother's judgment on my father's sexuality, for example, and I judged that part. You know, and and yeah, since I since I cleaned up that relationship, I can show up fully. I can fully show up in the world.
0: Yeah, so a lesson for us all to to take away the uh, the value of cleaning up those those relationships, those special yeah. close relationships that aren't perhaps as they should be.
1: And it's not only for the father, you know. We talk a lot about my father. It's actually funny because it was about the loss of my mother. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but in a way, it was actually the loss of, of the relationship with my dad the loss of that connection. Um, but I think the relationship between any sibling, if it's a, a son or a daughter, between any parent is so, so important. Like for me, the relationship with my mother, that's what I'm I'm still working on. Yeah, there's still stuff towards my mother. There's still, there's, a, there's quite a recent anger. Why did mm. she put me in, in my father's place? You know, why did she put all that responsibility on me? Um, and it's not so much the why question. Um, it's also the realization of me being in that position and putting myself in that position. And yeah, and the anger towards my my mother, and not not to my mother as a person, but to what she did. That is separate, because my mom was a beautiful beautiful woman. And yeah, she did she did this out of out of her survival. You know, mm. she needed somebody to yeah, to be comfortable with. To be, she needed somebody to to reflect on and to, to express to. And that happened to be me because we were living in the same house. Yeah. But it doesn't take away that there is anger in me that that happened, right? And it's not so much anger towards her as a person, but it's anger towards the situation. And that is something that I, that I still need to process. And I think a lot of uh, men in my practice struggle with some kind of a mother wound, some kind of a an issue in the relationship with their mothers because that's something that misses in this, in this world is, is the, the, the the real point where the son becomes a boy, where, where the mother gives the son to the world, where the mother opens up the symbiosis and say, okay, you can come in and take care of the, of the boy to the father, for example, or to another caretaker. We don't have that point anymore in our lives. So a lot of relationships with, with the mothers are, are, too long, too unhealthy, you know, without us even realizing it. And I'm, yeah, I think I'm an example of that. I was too long in that symbiosis with my
0: mother. So much more prevalent and relevant today, where there are so many single parent families yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. that yes, there are, there are absolutely fantastic examples of where there is co-parenting when they're not necessarily in the same household but an awful lot where children are brought up by by either one of the parents yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so for me the big lesson uh, of my life is that the relationship with your with you with your parents impacts how i how i am in the world how i am in relationship and the more we can yeah, we can own. The more we can see that relationship, the more we can uh, we can explore that and and process parts of it. Yeah, the more we can show up. And the more we can, uh, the more we can love and receive love, and that's what it's in the end all about, right? What we Absolutely. all want.
0: Yeah, love. Yeah, completely agree. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a fascinating conversation. I've I've really enjoyed it, and and I hope that that you have too and that it's not been sort of too challenging at times you to reflect back on on those periods yeah yeah and I'll leave you uh, leave you with that question to, to ponder I will. <laughs> but if will. if people listening to this are sort of have been you know moved by what you've been talking about and are drawn to perhaps finding out more about your work how could they make contact with you or where, where can they find out more about you
1: yeah they can go to my to my website there is uh there's my telephone number they can they can contact me through email through my website and that's that's actually my name so it's dirkplus.com
0: Brilliant I'll put that in the in the episode notes so people can find that
1: Thank you very much
0: Oh, well fantastic thank you so much for coming on this uh, episode and chatting with me
1: Dirk Yeah you're very welcome and thank you thank you very much for exploring
0: a beautiful conversation thank you dirk for me one of love and possibility that relationships can heal with acceptance and ownership of the parts that we play in them thank you to everyone who supports me in the production of this podcast to jamie farrell for the beautiful music and of course to you for listening please share comment like and pass this on to somebody else who you think may benefit from it i'll be back soon with another lesson for us